The following Roadshow podcast contains strong language and listener discretion is advised. Rowers tend to use invective and colourful language to explain even the simplest points. This Roadshow podcast is no exception. We're expecting a, a, a fantastic display of rowing, I think, from New Zealanders. I love their technique, I love the way they take it on. And really, for me, the thing is, can anyone challenge them? Now we're going to see that New Zealand pair and we'll get an idea at this time whether they can get up there. So that's 650.61. Oh, they are going to be absolutely destroyed. And we're coming to the line. It's going to be very close. And that is a new world's best time. Eric Murray, you little beauty. You told us on Twitter before the race, look out for a new world's best time. Favourites here in lane four. New Zealand, Prendergast and Gala. Heat winners on Friday as well in a... In the fastest time by about four seconds. Just eking out a little bit before the thousand metres. That's a two metre lead over the Canadians. And Sarah, you can see the pace of these two pairs, just taking them away from the rest of the field. The Canadians, they're suffering, Sarah. Yeah, look, here go the Kiwis. They've pushed out to a length. The Canadians aren't letting them go, though. We saw a little look across from the woman in the bow there, Kaylee Filmer. She's moving, she's moving. The big woman, Hilary Janssens, the 23-year-old, is edging it up. They will sense the New Zealanders might be vulnerable. It's going to come down to the line. The Canadians are stepping again. Kiwis still have that vital two or three metres lead. The Canadians had that sprint. It's Gala and Brennigas as they come up to the line, just a canvas. Two metres lead. The Kiwis are in a sensational race from Canada. You could see the quality of those two pairs in front by the margin to the bronze medal. But boy, oh boy, Sarah, how exciting was that? Welcome to The Rose Show. We are your hosts, Lawrence Britton and Jay Green. This is a podcast we're going to be going into everything related to sport and performance. And we're also going to talk a bit about rowing. In South Africa. It brings people together, it breaks yeah, down barriers. Yeah, right. My passion Winning. is to be the best. Being the best is something we strive for. Sacrificial so role in South Africa. Passion. Great passion, fiction, ultimate goal. Glory, relentless training, pain. Pain. <laughs> Welcome to The Row Show. Uh, it's Lawrence and Jake coming to you hot with a new episode and uh, really, really exciting stuff today. A uh, bit of a different uh, feel. Uh, is it any different? Not really. No, same. What is different though is that we have a brand new look. We've recently updated our, our brand for The Row Show. We've get a, given it a fresh perspective. Uh, we just wanted to, to reflect the growing uh, international community that we're engaging with um, with each episode and also just to keep to the same principles that we started off with the, with the podcast. Yeah, I mean, back in, back in the day when, uh, when we started this thing, I, I remember slaving over that old, old, la- old logo and really, uh, it's quite sad for, for me to see it go, but I really, really love the new look. Uh, just clean, really sharp and, and just says exactly what it needs to. So we're really, really happy with, uh, with it all. Then also, we've had some really, really cool feedback from uh, Eric Murray's episode I think a lot of people enjoyed that thing there. Eric really got into some really cool details about his training and his racing that uh, maybe we haven't heard anywhere else before. So a lot of cool feedback from then. And yeah, so just keep the feedback coming. It's really, really awesome. Then a shout out to to Megan Calmo. She also sent us a a really cool message and just awesome to hear back from from the listeners and hear people enjoying the show. You know, we we put quite a bit of effort into the show. So 
really really nice to to hear it paying off and people enjoying what we what we're putting out yeah comments like that from megan just show us that there really is stories behind uh every rower's lies from you know from the elite right up there like megan like eric and right down to club rows and those that are just starting out and today we are getting into the stories behind the new zealand women's pair of kerry gowler and grace pentagost um they've had an amazing career so far uh, straight off the bat they got together in, in the pair and from that first stroke it seems like they were on a different league no um, that's not what they said they said their first session was terrible. Well, they, they could. I feel like they might say that the first session was terrible, but the results speak differently. I mean, they got success straight away from the pair. Um, you know, uh, Kerry started in school. Grace also started in school, had some success at, uh, success at juniors. Um, and then they rode together for the first international season together. It was in 2013 in the women's eight. Um, and then 2014, they moved into the pair together. Yeah, and 2014 was their, their breakthrough season. So into the, the women's paired under 23s, gold uh, out the blocks there, setting a world record uh, time of 7.02, that still stands today. Then from their success at, uh, at the under 23s, they went into the senior team, into the women's four, a little bit um, sort of maybe apprehensive about the the, the selection and, and going forward, just uh, they really made it work and managed to come away with a gold medal from uh, the senior world champs in the women's four, with another world record at the time of 6.14. So straight away, you know, they're still under 23s and they're setting uh, these world records. I mean, the, the women's four still stands today, even though the, the women's four is now an Olympic event and, and really heating up. So it just shows the, the caliber of the athletes there. Yeah, I think 2015, after the breakthrough season, they moved into <clears throat> the senior women's pair and started competing internationally. And of course, the big names of the block there were uh, Helen Glover and Heather Stanning. Um, and you know they really did well against them. They ca- came away with the second place at World Champs um, in Egbelet, putting the British pair under a bit of pressure towards the end of the race. But again, just cementing their their place as a really good women's pair. Um, and then yeah, moving into to the Olympic seasons, things changed up a little bit. Yeah, going into to that that season, they went into the eight. So uh, a little bit uh, a little bit tricky going into such a big boat. But they yeah. doubled up quite a bit beforehand. They often raced. Uh, in 2015, they raced in the eight and the pair around the, 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 the World Cup season. So really cool into eight. First Kiwi women's eight at the Olympics. And they rocked out a fourth place, which pretty, pretty top stuff for yeah. the first Olympics. I mean, for anyone's first Olympics, that's really a really good position. But without a doubt, that maybe might have left them, you know, wanting something more, especially after their previous successes. And they really carried that through into 2017, where they put themselves down as the... Um, really, really top women's player. Yeah, and I think that's also where uh, most of our conversation leads to because, yeah. you know, they're, they're, they're under 23 years are pretty good, but the 2017 and 2018 is, is where we really want to talk to them about. And going into that, I mean, straight gold run of uh, 2017 in the women's pair, setting a world best time of uh, 6.49, so really, really impressive. And then uh, going into that 2018 season where now the gloves are coming off Canadians coming into the picture and the whole season there's just punches getting thrown by both crews down the track and I mean it's one of the coolest battles uh, to have watched last season closest combination setting the biggest times and the biggest performances out there each time so really close races both uh, through the season both crews coming away with the win and the Canadians coming out to the win on top at the end of the season so that just sets up a whole nother uh, year this year coming up 
and the Olympics is going to be yeah. really, really exciting to see where these two take their their rowing. So I know we've rambled on quite a lot. Jake, you have anything else to add? No, I just think uh, yeah, that basically sets up the the perspective that we're going to be going into this interview with. Um, you know, just talking about their careers and and this this point this point in time where it's really, really hot, really nice and, and competitive. Because we all know that when it gets competitive, boats get fast, and uh, when boats get fast, things get interesting. So we really uh, hope that you guys enjoy the chat as much as we did. Uh, it's another New Zealand boat coming through yeah, after Eric. Pair. We rolled one Kiwi pair another into one. another woman's Kiwi pair. So setting the standard in, uh, in women's rowing at the moment. So really, really cool. And yeah, enjoy the show. Remember to go and uh, leave us a comment or rate us on iTunes or wherever you, you get your podcast. Those, those things really help us out. And also just cool to get uh, feedback from you guys. So keep it real. Enjoy the show. Sweet. Cheers, guys. Hello. Hey, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Hello. Yeah, not too bad. We appreciate you guys making the effort in the mornings. Sorry about uh, asking for the, the early time slot. No problem. That's all right. <laughs> and then, uh, so I'm Kira Gala, and I've been in the New Zealand rowing team for six years now. And I'm Grace Prendergast, and I'm originally from the South Island down in Christchurch, and I've been on the New Zealand team for nine years now, so I'm in my first team in 2010, um, so I've been around a little while. <laughs> it's great to get to have you guys on the show. Um, I think we should start off uh, the, the interview with a really good year for you guys. Uh, looking back, 2014 seemed to be a breakthrough uh, year for you guys with you becoming world champions in the women's pair and the beginning of your um, careers in the pair together and then and also setting a record, and then world champions in the women's four, and also setting a record there. Chat to us a bit about the beginning of that season and what it was like having such a good season uh, uh, quite early in your careers. Um, yeah, it was a pretty like quite a whirlwind of a season. Um, we'd been all we'd been both been sculling all summer, um, so like we'd kind of set our sights on sort of making probably the elite women's quad. Um, so when we initially were put in a pair together, not that we were unhappy, but we kind of felt like, oh, we had failed. So we'll just chuck you back to 23s and you can go and appear together. Um, so it probably, like, it started off not being uh, one of our, like, most happy trials. But by the end of the year, we were like, oh, this has been probably one of our best years. Um, but, like, when we first got together, it just really, like, clicked. Um, like, both of our techniques together kind of just seemed to suit quite well. And then, yeah, it was obviously a pretty whirlwind of a season. But, yeah, heaps of fun, I think. Like, um, it definitely didn't start off how we'd planned. Like, you obviously go into trials with a boat in mind that you're wanting to make. And, yeah, we were very confused when we got put in the pier together. But, um, yeah, t- under-23s in the pier was so much fun. And we had, like, a really cool – it was a really cool team that year. And – we had lots of fun, and we didn't actually find out that we were going to the Elite World Champs till the day before we were supposed to fly home. So that was also, like, a little bit of a shock. Like, I don't think – initially, I wasn't all that excited. I was just so, like, shocked that we were staying in Europe for another six weeks to go to World Champs. But, again, it was, like – it turned out to be really fun, and Kelsey and Kayla, the girls that we rode with, were – like fitted in so well and that four also just gelled straight away so it was a pretty like incredible year looking back and how it all just like 
yeah, like everything came out really, really well. <laughs> so, yeah, so like, I, I really like that. I really like, I want to get into that uh, element of how, you know, that when you get selected for the pair, it's like, feels like a step down. And then both of you like getting in the boat, a bit upset that you, you're now not in the boat that maybe you wanted to be in and then making making it work to, to the under-23 team. So that must have been a, a really cool vibe, like once you settled down into the crew and like realized, okay, no, we, we're pretty quick, especially because then you came second at the at the One World Cup in the in the pair. Yeah, I think like it took us a little bit to get like our heads around and I wish it hadn't taken that long because then I would have enjoyed more of the season. Um, but yeah, like they, they gave us some really cool opportunities like racing at Lucerne. That was really good, like as an under-23 combination. And like looking back on it now, I kind of have the opinion, I'm like, you should never feel rushed to get out of age group rowing because it's so nice to spend a year in 23s when you can go there and like be on top and win. Um, like I feel like you get such good learnings from that as opposed to like rushing up into the elite group and then maybe, you know, doing well, but, you know, not being as successful yeah i think um, it, that's a really big one to like learn how to to learn how to win and like learn how to race the the races from the from the front of the pack it's i think it's quite tricky to to learn that when you're young and you you're in a senior crew and then you're trying to fight in the in the front of the pack whereas when you have that experience at under 23 is very i don't know it carries you through quite well yeah definitely i think i even noticed in school rowing here like a lot of the people that win are just the ones that are like know how to win like the schools with the good reputations they just go into it so confident um so i think winning definitely is a habit in some sort of yeah ways just yeah learning how to win and i think there was like um it sort of took the pressure off us a little bit um because we we knew we were fast from training and racing in new zealand so to then be in the under 23s yeah it was just quite fun and we didn't feel a whole lot of pressure to like on, on the elite stage sort of thing so yeah I was yeah really fun so I find it quite interesting because I mean the 2014 was the first time you guys got into a pair together and did very well but you were part of the same crew in 2013 and the eight um, in 2013 uh, when you guys were racing in the eight did you I take it you never actually got around to rowing together in the pair because I assume the first time you guys got into a pair together it must have been super quick because you had immediate success um in 2014 from rowing in the pair so talk to us a bit about 2013 in the eight um and what it was like rowing rowing then i think we actually did yeah. row a pair together but i don't think it was all that great no. <laughs> like i think um like i do remember 2013 and i think anyone that i rode a pair with was very slow like i yeah so i think for me i had a very big um, 2013-2014 summer where I was just like sculling a lot in small boats where I think it, like I think I learned how to move a boat maybe because I do definitely we definitely would have rowed together in 2013 yeah. in pairs and I was definitely always well out the back door <laughs> yeah. so I don't think it would have been fast <laughs> well yeah. Kerry in 2013 I mean that was your your first season um, in the senior team, and you went straight into the the, the senior women's uh, program. That's that must have been quite a, you know, almost getting thrown in the deep end of the pool. That must have been quite an experience getting thrown into such a competitive environment. Uh, yeah, definitely. I think 
I was probably one of the only girls that wasn't in the um, summer squad. So I, I was living in down south in Blenheim and moved, like I think I had like two or three days to move up to Cambridge and um, be amongst all these girls who I just, I had like I didn't know anyone and was just, like I'd idolised all these girls and just had like, I came to the trial trying thinking I was going to maybe make the under-23 team if I was lucky. So to then make the Elite Women's Eight was pretty like scary and um, Dick Tonks was our coach who... <laughs> Like, he doesn't really talk too much off the border, so I was just, yeah, I, it was quite scary. But, every like, being surrounded by eight other girls is, yeah, pretty supportive. So I think an eight is definitely a good place to start if you're going to get sort of thrown in the deep end a little bit. Yeah, we chatted to Eric Murray. And he had plenty to say about uh, Dick Tongs <laughs> and the communication skills. Yeah. <laughs> But I think also, the, I mean, the, the training under TikToks must have been crazy because, I mean, just chatting to Eric, I think uh, the big thing is that, you know, successful boats um, like your your pair and then, you know, rowing in the eight, like there's so much training and stuff that goes behind it. And it's often like people forget that there's so much mileage and there's so many months that people put into the boat. It must have been, you know, quite quite an experience uh, training under uh, TikToks. Yeah, we used to do some pretty interesting things. Like I remember we went to a stage of every afternoon row, we wouldn't be able to rate above 13. Yeah. So we would just go for ages at 13. Um, and I, I don't know if it helped our crew. Yeah, <laughs> but it's very, like thinking back now, I'm like, I would never rate 13 anywhere. anywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's quite and an then, uncomfortable yeah, rate. Yeah, yeah. And then he went through a stage of, wanting us to row so strictly square blade that he came down and taped our oars into our gates so we couldn't like them. kind of slightly feather them out of the water but you learn so much from him and he definitely makes you so mentally strong because yeah. some of the sessions he sort of makes you do you're like oh, I'm never going to be able to get through this that almost racing seems like the easy part in there <laughs> yeah yeah that's definitely how um Eric felt about the training under him. That when he rode, rocked up at World Champs, there was no way anyone had trained more than he had trained. So he yeah. felt quite confident to, to go and race. Yeah, and then um, Grace, getting into your beginnings in the sport, it seems that you, you did quite well at juniors. Um, you won the, the gold medal at uh, your juniors in the fall. Um, talk to us a bit about that. It must have been awesome getting uh, such a good result so early. Um, and it must have been a good stepping stone going into the senior program with such a, a good result. Yeah, it was really good. Um, like, I think I'd come from a school that we sort of kind of were all right at rowing, but not that great. So when I made the junior team, I hadn't really thought about, like, I, I had this goal to make the junior team, and I'd never really thought about, like, the next step once you're in. Um, which I think a lot of people can get a bit caught out. But then I was really lucky that I was rowing in a four with two girls that had done juniors the year before and got a silver. So they came in with like, they were like, we want to win. Um, so like, I feel like it was like the best first crew you could ever be in. Um, so yeah. And then once I'd kind of won there, I was sort of like, Oh God, this is like, I want this feeling again. Like I want to do this again. Um, so it sort of like set in my mind that I was like, yeah, I'm going to, keep rowing once I leave school um like this is what something that I really do want to take seriously 
and I feel like once you get that feeling you're like I just want to work so hard to kind of make sure I feel like this every year <laughs> yeah I can imagine it must be so much better winning I finished uh, 13th at juniors and yeah. I still I still had that feeling of oh I want to carry on and do this more but I can imagine winning would be would be a whole lot yeah, better I didn't, I didn't even make the junior team <laughs> <laughs> I think well, to be honest a lot of our team at the moment and like the elite team like a lot wouldn't even make juniors or like went to juniors and like live in the women's double I think they came dead last um, so I feel like there's a real range of experiences yes. with yeah I think it must be a huge advantage of like getting in a boat that with two girls that had already medaled I think that must have been really really huge to, to have that sort of experience because I mean most junior crews are first time uh, racing at a world stage so to have that sort of experience in the boat must be massive yeah definitely and the fact that they went away in the women's aid and got a silver the year before and I think they were like we're so lucky that we've had this opportunity to do it twice um and they'd spent the year because they were sort of like they could row down in their age group so they'd spent the year in RPC so had that bit more like experience of what high performance rowing was like so I think yeah, it definitely went into like the perfect sort of junior situation you can go into and yeah, this is very lucky. So then so then you, you gold medalist in twenty ten, but then you only raced under twenty threes again in twenty twelve. Uh, how come you didn't race in twenty eleven? Um, well, I, I, yeah, I went to trials and I actually didn't make it. <laughs> yeah. So that was a bit unfortunate. I, I kind of I think I've had a bit high or what I guess low expectations of what the jump would be like between juniors and 23s like I thought like coming off the back of being like a world champion in juniors you know you could kind of cruise into 23s but we had a very strong group of girls that were rowing in the under 23 eight at the time so I went and I was a bit like I underperformed a bit <laughs> um but then I ended up being called into as a reserve that year which I think I learned a lot um like that was when I think Ian Wright was coaching our under 23 women's eight so once again being like coached under him I feel like that added to like I just had to do the training um you know he kind of mentally makes you stronger as well so I feel like that year was a really good learning curve to sort of get myself back up to sort of standard I needed to be at Okay. Yeah, very interesting. Um, then going back to 2014. So then you guys are you're doing well at the, at the World Cups in the pair, and then you you obviously going into under 23s. You know you got some sort of speed, and then you managed to to break the record. Did you think about the record at all uh, coming down the track, or had you discussed it beforehand? Definitely, I think probably just a result of putting our best race out there. Like I find. Um, like we, I think we're aware that we, like if conditions were right, we could go fast. But I think, um, I think for Grace and I, if we focus on it, we probably aren't actually going to go faster anyway. Like we're better off just to sort of be really processed, think, like think about it as a process and just try and take each part of the race as fast as we can. And um, yeah, basically just get from A to B as as best we can, and then. Um, the time just kind of came with that. So definitely was something we'd discussed, but not we didn't go out there to really try and um, do a best time or anything. And I think also you guys, it must have been crazy having such a dominant win at the 2014 World Champs because, I mean, it was your first 
it was like a break breakthrough season um and you guys were young and it sounds like it was a crazy roller coaster and then going to world champs in the women's four and then winning that race by six seconds must have been an incredible feeling yeah i think because we just went on to every regatta quite not knowing what to expect like obviously you turn up to 23s and it's not like a leap so you haven't raced anyone before so you just kind of have to take what the the standard is like that year um and that's how we kind of felt going into leaps as well because um we hadn't raced the women's four all season and then it turned out to be quite a big event that year like normally we were probably expecting like a straight final but there were um heats and like there was a really strong american crew that year um but then we still just didn't have those expectations of we were like we don't know how we're going to go so yeah and just kind of like get on the water, see how it goes, and yeah, hopefully it works out right. <laughs> yeah, and then also like the that record is still standing, and I mean now that the the, the women's four is a is an Olympic event, it's like uh, just shows that that you guys had real speed there as well. Like now that the the event is even picking up some more steam. Yeah, definitely. I think um, that like we really just gelled really well as a four and handled the conditions really well like it was a pretty like flawless race i'd say um which is pretty incredible when we'd only been rowing together for five weeks so yeah like it is pretty unbelievable what we did I'd, yeah yeah so, and we we're pretty lucky with like kelsey and kayla like that thing i think they won the under 23 pair in 2012 or something as yeah. well so like they had like a good amount of experience as a combination as well and we just sort of managed to both gel our peers, peers together well yeah so now that we 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 on the world records i mean i think uh we haven't really chatted to 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 many people that have one world record and maybe i think eric and hamish have two world records but yes. you guys currently hold three world records because you also hold held the world record for the the senior women's pair so you got the under twenty three pair. You have the women's four world record, and now you you're racing for for the women's pair world record. Tell us a bit about that race. The women's pair one. Yeah. Um, I think that I, again, like um, the conditions were really like really good for that race, and I think um, like fast conditions are always quite difficult as well. So I think it can go one of two ways. Um, I. I think we've definitely raced in really fast conditions and gone really slow. So um, I think we've learned that we can't really focus on the speed or going fast. We've really just got to focus on how we're rowing if we want to go fast. Um, so I, I, just, I definitely remember before that race just being like, you've just got to take each stroke as it comes. Like you can't think about the time or how, like or going fast or, or you won't go fast. So, But that was, that was a pretty cool race for us as well and I do remember going into the last 500 and I was like wow we've we've like I wasn't keeping track of the time but I was like the splits have been pretty good the whole way and I think I turned to Grace and I was just like time, time. <laughs> um uh, but we didn't necessarily do anything different but I just felt like I needed to tell her that uh, we were going fast <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I mean for the listeners out there uh Grace and Kerry set the world's best time in the women's pair at, at the 2017 Poland World Cup. Um, and at, at that World Cup, actually, uh, Robbie Manson also set the record in the skull and the German 8 set the record. So it must have been quite a crazy regatta. Yeah, it was really quick. Yeah, I think all... Um, we, we got there, like, that was our first World Cup overseas. So we got there about a week before. 
And I think the whole time we were training, it was just a huge tailwind and a huge headwind up. And so I think we got pretty used to, um, well, the New Zealand team anyway, got pretty used to <laughs> rowing that, rowing on that course, which was probably a bit of an advantage, but also, yeah, really good. And I mean, also, I think that's, it's also quite a phenomenal achievement when you consider that um, in the last cycle, Helen Glover and Heather Stanley were such a dominant pair. It must have been amazing to know that you guys managed to uh, take what they set and, and go a bit faster because, I mean, that, that cycle, the, um, that GB pair was so dominant right through to the Rio Games. I mean, it must be a really, really good feeling knowing that you're starting a new Olympic cycle on such a good note. Yeah, it was a really good feeling, and we were lucky enough to be able to race them like a few times, so sort of had the experience of how fast they were and like how dominant they were and like how they could back it up each time. Um, so it's quite nice to start like a new, fresh pair cycle and sort of see what like after the Olympics, you kind of don't really know what everyone's done, what all the countries are starting to prioritize, um, who's coming and going. So yeah, it's it's always an interesting year, the year after Olympics. Yeah, and then um, the the New Zealand team has like so many great role models and and great rowers over the over the years. I mean, you got uh, Rob Waddell, the first gold medal for you guys, the Everswindell twins, and Hamish and Eric, and, and there's a lot of others. How have they influenced your like rowing careers or your your junior rowing or or even as you as you're in the team and you could see them training or training with them? I think it's um, a pretty big influence, like for us or for me because like um we all train out of the same place so you get to see um like how they go about things and like when they arrive what their processes are like and they're all really open and you can and approachable so like we've always been able to talk to people about their past experiences and um I know like Grace and I have talked to like um Hamish Bond a lot about yeah like what him and Eric do and like and he's asked us as well, and, like, Mahe's always around and willing to help out. So it is really cool that they are in the system and you can see how they train and um, they're there doing the same same sort of program as you every day. So that also gives you confidence when you go to – when we go overseas to race, um, knowing how successful they are and having done – like, trying to replicate what they do on, on a daily basis as well. So I think it's pretty big to, like – our success as well um having them around yeah because i mean like hamish and eric because i mean they're like also in the men's pair i mean it must be it must be amazing to have a a, a boat that um such a successful boat that's in the same class as you uh t- t- just to be able to talk to and, and learn from it must be because uh, i mean c- considering how dominant they were it must have been great for you guys moving along in the pair to have them to always kind of like speak to and also uh, look towards yeah, it definitely is such a like a such an advantage to us. Um, and like whenever we're away at regattas, like Eric's always really good at sort of sending an email and offering any advice or from what his experience has been. And I mean, that's something that you couldn't, you know, like it's just you couldn't get from anywhere else. Someone that's been had so much experience, and especially as you say, like in the same boat class as us. Um, so yeah, like I remember when I first made the team, it's a bit surreal when you walk into the gym and you see someone like, you know, Mahe or Hamish or Eric, and now it's sort of like 
become the normal. But yeah, yeah at the start, I was like, wow, God. Well, <laughs> you, you two are the, you guys are the, the, the girls that the new kids are looking at. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, 2014 was an amazing year for you guys, but uh, it must really put you guys, set you guys up well, because 2015, I mean, just building on the success that you had was an incredible year for, for you too, and it must have been a huge step up, um, because then you got back involved in the women's eight again, and you uh, had such good results in the women's eight and the women's pair. Chat to us a bit about, like, what was the pre-season like? Because I must imagine that it must have been seriously competitive, and I guess the women's ape seemed like it was a strong boat being developed for um, for Rio. And it must have been crazy starting that season and having so many um, uh, prospects available in the eight and in the pair. Yeah. I think um, I think what, what we did in 2014 really, like, set up, well, didn't set up, but, like, I think, I'm not too sure whether New Zealand would have believed that we could we had enough people or the depth for a woman's eight. Um, but after 2014, having raced before, and there was like definitely six really top girl, sweet girls in the system um, that summer. Like it was quite exciting to try and develop an eight. Um, but yeah, I just remember it being like it was a really cool thing to be a part of an eight, and especially with the qualifying year. And New Zealand had never qualified a woman's eight for the Olympics. So we did a lot of work around trying to be the first eight to qualify and like really ticked off every box as we went along. And yeah, like it was a lot of fun and really cool to be a part of. So talk to us about like uh, juggling between the, the training in the eight and training in the pair. And like, how does, how does that work in the, in the team? Like do other people fill in for you or is it like everyone in the pairs most of the time? And then you're just getting in the eight some of the time. When we're in New Zealand, obviously we've got a lot more boats available to us. So like, and we, I think New Zealanders just row small boats quite often. So often we're just all the eight would be rowing along in pairs, um, which I think it's always good to have a break from the eight and not have to row it all the time. And then once we got overseas, um, we only had like one eight boat and then two pairs, like our pair and a reserve pair. So when we would row the pair then we'd have a reserve here that would jump into the eight and fill in for our seats in there. So what was the what was the what was the decision um, to double up? What was the idea behind that? Because um, at Lucerne and then also at World Champs, you guys doubled up in the pen eight. Chat to us a bit about like what was the 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 logic leading into making a decision that okay, listen, we we're gonna go to this regatta and we're gonna race in the pair and in the eight. I think. Um... I think over the summer we only had seven girls, um, seven sweet girls. So I think to be able to race the pair and the eight, um, I think they sort of were like, well, we've got seven sweet girls all up. So to then find like 10 that will qualify boats, I think we didn't quite have the depth then. Um, so, and we knew like top five for a woman's eight is pretty tough. So we knew... Like, I think they knew that they had to put, like, the eight had to be the top eight girls in the in New Zealand. So, um, so yeah, I guess that's where it came from, just knowing how difficult the eight would be to qualify for the Olympics. And, like, New Zealand had never done it. So, um, I think it was really the only option with the depth 
that we had at that time. And then, like, what does it feel like arriving at, like, a World Cup, which is only three days long, to to be, you know, trying to prepare for, for two big events and uh, and then at the World Champs as well, like, huge pressure on qualification and now you have to prepare for for two two events all the time? Yeah, it was, I guess the World Cup is a lot more condensed. Like, over the World Champs week, it's not too, it wasn't too bad for us because there's not a lot of racing over, what, seven or eight days. Yeah. Um, whereas a World Cup, you're sort of kind of doing probably two races a day if you go through all the races. But we are so lucky, like, our girls in the eight were so supportive. And I remember, like, in the heat, everyone was like, let's get, like, the, let's get straight through to the final so they don't have to have another race. Um, and I think it added a bit of, like, excitement to it. Um, yeah, definitely made it made it better and like I think we almost raced better because it was like it was almost like a final in the heat because yeah. they were like we don't want Kerry Grace to have an extra race so <laughs> let's like win and go straight to the final <laughs> and then and then yeah. like so whilst you're on this doubling up and, and then like talk about the, the the technical changes or like the the difference in the feeling because like there's a big difference in how a pair feels and how like you row the pair to how you row the eight or, or maybe not for you guys how does that uh, the change between the two boats work Oh, no, I think there's a definitely a big difference. Um, <laughs> I think I probably am worse at that than Kerry. <laughs> by the end, our coach has kind of just, like, accepted that I was just slightly out of time in the eight, and he's just like, oh, God, what do I, what do, I do with it? <laughs> like, um, but, like, yeah, how you can roll in a pair, I think, is very different. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the pair's a lot, lot slower, so you just have a lot more time to... I, don't, I will not be slower, but a little bit like, yeah, when we were in the eight, it's, everything happens a lot quick, quicker, and even just racing in the eight, it just, like, I just remember it seeming a bit like a blur, because it was so quick, and so full-on and intense, but at the same time, so fun, like, yeah, like I, yeah, eight racing is so much fun. <laughs> Yeah, and t- talk to us a bit about the, the step up from 2014, you guys did, you were at under 23s, and then racing in the women's four which was a non-olympic event at the time and then 2015 you guys stepped up into the senior senior racing like chat to us a bit about did you guys notice a big change from into the senior racing um and in the eight and, and talk to us a bit about what it was like dealing with the, the step up in the competition and the like the qualification for the games yeah as and well. the qualification as well yeah it was a massive step up i think even the fact that we had been a selected crew right from March brings pressure to it. Like you've been selected, you know what's going on, like you've got certain expectations because they think you can do well. Like um, I think New Zealand sort of only tries to kind of send eights that they think can go on to the next level. Um, so I think, yeah, we knew that this is the year that we had to qualify for the Olympics. Otherwise we'd get to the next year and there'd only be two seats in a pair available. Um, so like that was huge expectations and probably only Rebecca Scown and our boat before had sort of experienced that. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, and a lot of us hadn't really, that this had been our first proper sort of elite campaign as well. Um, yeah. We we had, to, I, we did a lot of work um, off the water around what it was going to be like and like different, yeah, I guess like different scenarios and everything. Um I think Dave Thompson really, he was our coach that year and he did really prepare us well for the situation. Like he um, 
we were watching watching previous um, qualification years, and like he was, yeah, he really tried to express that it wasn't just going to be um, like your standard world champs race. Like he was like, it's like people are going to do something extraordinary, and like it was pretty scary but exciting at the same time. Um, but I think doing so much off water work around how the regatta was like could unfold and what it would be like really helped for when we were there because it is a bit different to every other world champs and there's a lot more on the line with qualifications so mm. yeah, no, yeah I think it's like a different ball game when you go in like when people are just going in to try and get a medal it's so different than when it's like people going into this race then like don't come last like, yeah it's such a different mindset <laughs> Yeah, I mean those qualification spots are. I mean, it's just cr- it's just crazy. It's like the the racing for for not not um, not coming last in your race or, or not or getting into those qualification spots is just like absolutely berserk. Like no one even like the medals are not even like the main part of the race. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and think- like yeah, it's sort of it's sort of just like you can't really be like, oh well, next year because if you do, if you like screw up, then there is no next year. Yeah. So yeah, Jake yeah. went Jake went through the late qualification regatta in uh, twenty in twenty sixteen, so he knows all about how how intense that race yeah, is. It's not pleasant. <laughs> no, yeah. Our coach Yeah, our coach. He, he to prepare us mentally he said listen guys it's gonna get intense people are gonna be selling their mothers at the 1k to get through so just make sure you're up <laughs> yeah. but um yeah. but i mean like you guys at 2015 in world champs it's again it must have been a a, a great regatta to be part of because you guys got a silver medal in the eight um, with actually a really good performance um, beating the USA. Um, eight must have been great considering how you know dominant the USA women's eight is. And then uh, you guys came silver in the women's pair. And I think that also that race was really uh, the fact that you guys you know put um, Helen and Heather under so much pressure towards the end of the race also must have been a great feeling and you didn't just qualify one boat you qualified two boats because you did qualify the pair as well for the game so i mean that will that will chance must have been um crazy crazy experience yeah yeah it was like it definitely was one of my favorite years because i think because we did so much work around qualification and what it'd be like to then um particularly in the eight to then come out with a silver medal as well as top five was like pretty awesome and I just remember like the um like the vibe afterwards was like everyone was so excited and it was really really cool for New Zealand like women's rowing um to have the first women's event going to the Olympic Games so and then like Grace and I had a really good race in the pair also so I think that was it was quite satisfying to know that um like neither event took away from each other having raced both because I think that's like everyone's concern was that like we wouldn't do well in one because we were doing two or yeah so we and we knew that we were confident and fit enough to be able to do two and have two really good races which yeah which we managed to do so that was pretty pretty cool to pull that off and then talk about like the the race profile of the eights like uh, I know because we've spoken to to quite a few other other uh, athletes that have raced the eights from like the German eights and the American women's eights and stuff and like how do you how do you guys approach that 
that race because the eight just sounds it's like so furious uh at the start and like to get into that rhythm is so quick and then like it's just brutal for that for the whole way down the track like how was your your race plan and like how did it how did how did it plan out for you guys um i guess like we've obviously got a coxswain which is great like it takes off all that pressure of like the steering the cooling all that um but yeah, like it's an intense race and I kind of just go on and I'm just like, hold on. <laughs> like, I'm just going to hold on for this race. Like there's a couple of girls that you're like, they'll go. Like you're just going to be prepared to, you know, you can't go out and settle onto your rhythm. Otherwise you're just going to be out the back. Um, it's kind of just like go out and go again. And then <laughs> I like, I have like something that I've always remembered is, um, I can't remember who said it to me once, one of my coaches, but they were before an eights race they were like you're gonna have to get on it or you'll miss it and it's so true like if you try and save something like the race is just gonna be over and you'll be like I missed it so and that's definitely how I feel like it just everything happens so quick so compared to a peers race I feel like you've got some time to um to, to do something whereas an eight is just like go from the start and just keep going <laughs> and then like were there like uh things that you learned from racing in the pair that you could take into the eight and like vice versa? Yeah, definitely. Like I feel like an eight just helps like get on it. Like you've got to be that, sh- you've got to be sharp. You can't miss it. Otherwise you're just behind the whole time. So I feel like that element definitely helps because if you spend your whole time rowing a small boat, you can get very used to like, you know, you've got time to find the water and you've got time to sort of like squeeze away. Um, but in like just kind of makes you more direct and sharp and yeah. yeah. Um, and then so finishing the 2015 World Chess must be in a, a good like a really good feeling in in the squad. Chat to us about the 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 you know once you qualified the eights, it, it suddenly suddenly becomes apparent that the next big objective now is that you actually guys are the Olympics is on the card. Talk to us about like the the feeling of you know suddenly the next goal on the horizon was racing at the Olympic Games. Talk to us about the training. You know, how did the, did any aspects of the training change going into 2016? You know, what was the, the environment like? It must have been an awesome environment to be part of. Yeah, it was a really good environment to be a part of. And I think the fact that we'd also qualified our men's eight as well. Um, and I think we knew they were going to be such challenging boats to sort of get across the line. Um so that was really exciting that we could both kind of do that at the same time. Um, I guess from there it sort of turned to be like, we've got to, you know, now you're going to be at the Olympics and this is like a whole nother ball game as well. Um, and once again, having only one of our crew had been to the Olympics before, so she was a great help, like telling stories and what she thought it was going to be like and what her past experiences were. Um, but yeah, like training-wise, I guess it stays the same what we actually physically do but just I think that all that mental preparation and starting to like talk about what it's going to be like and the pressures that would come along it along with it sort of started quite early no then talk us through the 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 Olympic Games like what was it like uh, being at your first Olympics and uh, the vibe and obviously the racing um it was like it was really cool like I think again we did a lot of work around what it would be like but it's never it's never like never going to be how you expect. So, um, yeah, I, it was really it was really cool to be a part of like the wider New Zealand Olympic team as well, and be like we were living in the village with all the other athletes from the New Zealand team and all the other countries. So, 
that was really cool as well. Um, I think, like, rowing-wise, it was quite different as well. We were quite far from the venue, and um, I think something that really stuck with me is how small the rowing, like, regatta actually was, because I guess, like, you've only got limited crews there compared to a normal world champ, so that was quite different. And um, Rio, with the, like, water conditions and everything, was... We did a lot. We had to do a lot around, um, like not taking drink bottles on the water or taking them in a bag, and everything was quite different. But yeah, it was like a really cool experience, and like learned a lot from it. Yeah, and then I mean, after twenty fifteen, was there? You guys went to the 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 games in the eight. Was there any kind of like talk around you guys going to the games in the pair, or was it set that you know the eight is going to be the priority? We're going to move uh, with the eight as the top boat going to the games. Was there any kind of um, decision making around maybe moving into the pair and going to the games and that? Um, well, we've done a whole summer of all of our girls being rowing pairs. Um, and then the kind of the way it worked out when it got to trials is they decided to select a different pair of Rebecca and Jen who went who got a silver at the Olympics in the end. Um, and then, so I guess from there, it was just, like, the fact that, like, we were probably in a very lucky position that if we miss out on one boat, there is another boat that we could still get to the Olympics in. Um, so, like, they, they ended up doing the doubling up in 2016. Um, and then, so we just were solely in the eight. Okay. Yeah. And then, I mean, the, the women's eight race at the Games was a crazy race. I mean, I was watching it and it was, you know, there were so many boats changing positions. Um, and you guys came fourth at the Games. I mean, for, for most athletes, that would have been an phenomenal achievement. But I'm sure it must have been a bit of a disappointing result for you guys, considering you guys got the silver the year before. Um, chat to us a bit about the experience of racing in that final and maybe a bit about you know maybe the you know what what your what the lessons that you could have learned from that and how that kind of set you guys up for you know what you guys are doing now. Yeah, it was a crazy race. To be honest, like even thinking back, I was like I can't even really remember a lot of it. It was such a blur. But I think like it was just like you could just tell going into it like every single crew just wanted to win it so much um and obviously like the americans won and they're such a strong crew and then after that it was just like this desperate fight for like the other medals between all the other countries um but yeah like you take so much out of it like i feel like you can't go into that based and like expect certain results based on past performances like i think we'd won the world cup three obviously there were a few crews missing but we were like confident we thought we were like had a really good shot which we did um but I think, yeah, you've got to really, really respect every sort of country you're sort of coming up against at the Olympics because that's everyone's priority. So you can't really take their past results on on, on anything. Yeah, it's a different ballgame. Yeah, <laughs> it was, um, yeah, it was really, like, I, we, were, we were pretty disappointed to come forth. But I think looking back on it, it was really, like, we had to put things in perspective. And I think we were disappointed as we had got silver the year before and we just previously um like a month or so earlier won the world cup so i think but i think looking back um those sort of things like you've really like going into the olympics you like past results just mean nothing like it's just a whole different whole different race where anyone can do anything and people 
people can do extraordinary things. So I think and knowing that you definitely prepare for that a bit better and not really just rely on the fact that, like not that we, we didn't rely on the fact that we were previously fast, but it definitely, we went in with a certain confidence that we would like, yeah, like it would just be similar to the year before or the World Cup before. So yeah, I think it's a re- it was really good learning and, but we were still so, it was the first New Zealand women's aid in Olympic Games. So to come fourth is still pretty phenomenal when you put it in perspective. Yeah, it's really, really cool. And then I really like what you're saying, like how the Olympics feels a bit different because it's like smaller. There's a lot less crews. Like the progression is like way different. I mean, for us racing in the pair, the like progression was like, was crazy because it's like just not, you're so used to like this huge amount of crews and like this whole week of racing. And now it's like, you know, it's just so, it just feels so much smaller. But then again, the crews that you're racing are the, the top notch out of, out of everyone. And like, and they bring in that, extra level to to every race that you you go out there to do yeah definitely and i feel like that's yeah it's such a different ball game like what the woman say you know one crew isn't going to make it to the final and you're like just the first goal is just to be not to be that crew that doesn't make it into the a final on a two crews yeah. i think it was just one just yeah. one yeah no seven um yeah and so they like don't even yeah, they don't like, even race a final they just you just go out in the rep and then you pack your boats up and go home yeah, it's horrible yeah, and like that's such a cutthroat thing. Um, and then, so yeah, that's probably the first box to tick off. Is, and then you like, okay, now we're in final, next step sort of thing. Yeah. Because I mean, for us in the pair, there's 13 as well. So the the guys that don't make the the AB semi, they also just you don't even race it. Yeah, you don't even race the semi final. You just pack up, and it's home time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty so brutal. cutthroat and you can just, yeah, people's just emotions are so high and then it's what people have been working towards for so long. and Yeah, yeah there's a lot riding on it when it's only every four years. Yeah. Yeah. And like you have that like whole circus attached to it where like it's not just rowers around you, it's every sport code and it's just athletes everywhere and it's just this yeah, crazy vibe. The Olympic Village was outrageously large. It was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, we, can we, we want to go back just to the, like, uh, the training a little bit and like the training philosophies. And then like we know that the, 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 the Kiwi team like, just does like some crazy mileage sometimes, like some outrageously long sessions every now and we, then. Yeah, we spoke to Zoe McBride. Zoe McBride and she said she rode like 40, 40, 46K 46 row. kilometers <laughs> one day in a quad. <laughs> That's outrageous. Yeah. Yeah, we, we were in a four beside them that day. Um, <laughs> so you guys I, also did the 46K? I don't even know case. where that idea came from, but oh, we were out there God. for so long. Um, I'm pretty sure I packed a coffee for the turnaround, yeah. like a thermos of coffee. <laughs> we took muffins. <laughs> so is that, your, is that your longest session as well? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the longest like row that I think we've done in one go. I think we often... Um, well not often but there's like another session where we'll do like three 20k rows with like an hour in between each um so it's sort of like well like, I guess like a 60k morning or yeah day um that's another one that's quite like tough I think that is yeah. pretty insane that's, that's pretty big that's big money 60k's in a day <laughs> yeah. but then they do have yeah. Sunday off so yeah you got Sunday off <laughs> So they got to make up that mileage somewhere. Yeah. 
And then, okay, so like the, the crazy mileage then aside, then like you, you also do like some uh, outrageously hard stuff. Like I don't know, um, Eric called it, what did he call it? The session with the, the one minute on, seven minutes off, like maxing it out. Um, oh, yeah. I can't remember. It was like max aerobic threshold testing. Well, I don't know. Do, like do, have you guys done that session? Um, we quite often do like minute on, one minute on, one minute off. Um, and... We normally do about, like, I think we end up doing about 40 of, 40 of them. Yeah. And I think, like, one that sticks to my mind is doing, we did that when we first arrived in um, Sarasota in 2017, and it was so hot and humid, like, and we were not used to it, and it was one of our first sessions, and we just had to, like, I could not breathe. My handle was so slippery because I was sweating so much. Like, I will never forget that session. Like, I was just, like... It was miserable. We were just um, going up and down the course, like doing these minute on minute off. So, like it was, yeah, it was horrible. Yeah, no, we've I've done uh, one of my hardest sessions in my mind. Uh, when I think back to is a, is is a session like that, one minute on, one minute off, and it was like for our under twenty threes in uh, twenty ten, and like I blew like a chunk <laughs> in the boat. I couldn't. I think like. By the end, we couldn't even get there. Like on the minute on, we couldn't even get the speed. Like under two minutes, oh. we were just so yeah. so toast. <laughs> so the, then, like the worst thing is, like we always do them with a training partner as well. So if like yeah. we're the boat to blow first, it's really directly like that. You just it's horrible as well because you're probably getting washed out in a minute by the other boat. <laughs> so so who's your like training partner generally then? when you guys own the pair? Uh, usually the lightweight women's double. So for the last couple of years, it's been Zoe and Jackie, um, and yeah, in their double. Yeah, the the, the training partners just make like a such difference. a big difference to to how training works and like the dynamics of like just going out for a paddle becomes like it just has so much more purpose. I don't even know like there's like some crews that just row by themselves all the time. I don't even know how they how they yeah. manage to do that. Yeah, um, I know. Like I definitely would prefer to have training partners that makes like it makes it seem so much shorter and the time goes a bit quicker and I think we've been really lucky that um the lightweight double and us have been really similar speeds so we get really really good competitive trainings and I think sometimes our coach thinks that we are just purposely sitting beside each other but it's more that no one can get away from (laughs) from the other yeah, I mean, it's also, I mean, it's it's good because it, 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 like, keeps keeps you honest even when, like, the boats have been selected and you don't necessarily have the selection that's looming over your head. Um, having uh, a boat that's really, you know, set in stone for the World Champs to keep racing against is really good good kind of thing to just keep you honest in your training and in, in, in your racing. Yeah, definitely. And I guess both of us, like the lightweight double, will be really good at certain sessions and would be good at other sessions so it kind of makes the other crew sort of really try to step up like like we do a lot of 8k races against the lightweight double and they're just so fast over 8k yeah yeah yeah. like we just have to try and keep up but the, the light rates the light rates can really turn that like the long endurance uh sessions are like really hard to to keep up with the the light rates because we also oh, trained yeah. a lot with the our lightweight men's pair back in 2016 double. i mean our lightweight men's double and it was just wild like the especially the longer stuff <laughs> yeah. we would get longer 
and then like uh, that rate caps around like 30 we would get punished so badly <laughs> yeah <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> it's a bit of extra weight to carry for, yeah. the, for the whole distance. so then so like do you guys have a session that like sticks out in your mind that you like you never want to go back and and have to do that again or or you like dread having to do it again um is there like a single day that you can remember um i'm trying to think on the water yeah uh for me probably personally as i'm just we sometimes we do one it'll be like three or four three k repeats and like the rates just get so high that i'm like this is probably higher than i've raced in a race yeah Um, but now i'm gonna try and do it for 3k um yeah, yeah. That, like that's probably one of my least least favorite sessions. We do really struggle with that one because they, um, it's it's basically like three or four three k's at race pace, and it like it just baffles me that we're doing three kilometers at a two k <laughs> pace. <laughs> so it's always like you can normally get through one, and then the next two or three are pretty um pretty rough yeah so then like is that like on rate so like you have to hold a certain rate or so like you're not really that you're not like that stressed about speed or is it like uh you you're trying to hold a certain speed regardless of the rate yeah well i think it's the rates are given as like rate caps and like obviously maybe for the apes that go out like 34 might be a sub max 3k for them but you know 34 for 3k for us might be kind of max yeah. <laughs> oh, so but like all... you can't it's meant to be like you don't go over this but so... we're kind of like oh my god can we get there yeah. <laughs> so all the boats are given the same rate caps yeah, yeah. yeah. usually and the, we do and... we do try and argue it a little bit <laughs> yeah even the like singles and like robbie's obviously fine robbie's fine he can rate because we because we like have or like not it's not a huge thing but we have like a two different like the smaller boats have like one rate and then the bigger boats have another we still argue like no the gap should be bigger we need we rate much higher than like the (laughs) the gold scholars or something so i can imagine that it's uh contentious there yeah (laughs) yeah Okay. I think we're always wanting to, we want our rate cap to be brought down. And I think the big boats are like, want it to be brought up. So, Yeah, for, for us, especially when we train in the four, it's it's always because we do pieces at 30, 34. And we're always arguing uh, for coaches to push the rate up because, you know, when at the once the times have been set and then you're obviously comparing to see what crews are faster, you know, it's some crews are like two pips off their race pace. Other crews are like four. So it's. It's always a contentious yeah. issue in, in in our team. Yeah, yeah, we have some heated debates about overrating as well. <laughs> yeah, uh, cheating on rate is a is a universal uh, problem. I think uh, NK need to have a look at the 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 amount of people that have complained that the NK uh, stroke rate is is reading wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're blaming the speed punches. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of blame on speed coaches, and I don't think that they are reading that far out. <laughs> yeah, no, there's. No. <laughs> so then, yeah. like, uh, so you're talking about hard sessions. Then, do you have like uh, a favorite session? Maybe like a proper session that is uh, that you guys are really good at or, or really enjoy doing. I guess one of the funnest squad sessions we do. Um, and not that it's like my exceptional forte of this one, but we'll do something like 
six 250s um, and you get a lot of break and it's just everyone is out there trying to go like as hard as they can for, um, for tw- yeah 250 meters yeah I think yeah that's always a lot of fun bit controversial as well when we come when it comes because the big boats take a bit longer to get up to speed yeah. <laughs> so like small boats are a bit more advantage but yeah it's always fun because yeah, yeah. and then we can't we, blow too much over 250 yeah and our and our shorts our real high sprinting stuff we also have a, an argument with the coach on like length of stroke because they obviously want you to like row really long but like when you're only yeah. rowing like 200 250 meters you've got like if you're trying to go in max they're like the, oh. the length is like a side a side thing to to, yeah. to overall speed not a priority yeah <laughs> i think worse than that is the the power strokes when because i mean when we, we when we do power strokes like uh, a big thing that the coaches uh, uh, give me shit about is staying tall off the back but naturally if you're doing power strokes at a low rate the further you lean back the, the better better it gets yeah. And I did get start getting outrageous at one stage because Lawrence, who was rowing behind me, could start seeing the stroke coach. So I, I just changed pretty quick. I know the exact feeling. So I was like, Greg, sit up. And I, occasionally, I can see the stroke coach. <laughs> oh, that's that's where the speed's at. I wouldn't do that at race pace, but I mean, when you're cranking and power strokes. Yeah. yeah. When the, when power the... strokes is a funny one. I think, like, all technical rowing goes out the door. Yeah. Or just like pure like raw power. <laughs> that is my talent though. When I'm like, I can see the stroke coach. I'm like, oh, sit up a bit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. That was really funny. It's cool that we uh, like the two pairs because we rode in the pair last year together. So there's a lot of uh, things that obviously are very similar. Um, yeah. Then like moving on to 2017. Uh, obviously, we touched on uh, on breaking the world record there. And, and going into to the world champs, and it's the first time that you guys are, are world champions in the pair. Uh, talk us through yeah. through that season and just how, how awesome that was or, or how challenging that was. Um, I think that was like, like looking back, it was a pretty flawless um, season for Grace and I. We, yeah, like we, it was a lot of fun and we were really excited to um, sort of be solely in the pair and like... Um, yeah, I guess after doubling up and then being in the eight. So it was pretty exciting. And we, we got like a lot of opportunity, like we got to race at Henley Regatta, which was really fun. Um, I think by the time we got to Sarasota World Champs, I think it, there was quite a lot of, like I think we felt a bit of pressure because we had had such a um, good run throughout the season. So I remember being quite nervous for that World Champs and especially on um, one of our biggest like competition was the American Girls. So that and that was sort of their home home crowd and home um course so that was like quite nerve-wracking but I think a lot of fun at the same time to be able to really like execute the race that we wanted to and sort of top off the season how we wanted to so yeah it was a really really cool year I think and then following the Olympics coming forth to the Olympics it must have been really good motivation to kind of like you know get back get back at things and try and develop more to chat to us a bit about like moving from the Olympics like you know did you take some time off after the games and then what was it like starting again getting in the pair and getting things going again yeah we get given quite a bit of time off is it about three months yeah after the Olympics um 
and like obviously you're not like expected to train or anything so you come back in a bit of a state um, <laughs> and I just remember being like I don't know if I'm ever going to remember how to roll again but um it was it's quite nice like a refresher and this is our like would have been both of our first times where we've kind of done a full Olympic cycle like at the start of the last Olympic cycle like I was trying to get into we're probably both sort of trying to get into 23s um so yeah to get that big break and sort of come in with a new sort of like the Olympics were like the next Olympics are our focus and like we're here for a four-year cycle is definitely a different mindset than sort of coming in halfway through the cycle and was I mean was it like a thing for you guys to you know at the beginning of 2017 was it like okay you know uh grace and kerry you'll go move back into the pair um or was it like a huge big selection battle to go through and then get back into the pair again and move into the international season um i think because we do quite a lot of um racing over the summer um i think we sort of established ourselves as as the peer through that and um and I think we were obviously a little bit of a like proven combination as well so um and I think we we definitely both wanted to go through this cycle and the woman's peer so um over over the summer it kind of all just came together and so by the time trials came around yeah I think we'd sort of really like established ourselves as the peer and yeah do you guys race in the in the same club as we don't i'm down south the southern rpc with the avon rowing club in your central yeah so we don't we, we like the coaches will just put together any combinations for most of the regattas but at the nationals we're from different areas so we race like without area okay okay like i see prov- like provincial yeah yeah okay. provincial yeah. Yeah. yeah but then we race under like the new zealand summer squad for all the other summer regattas all right okay uh, and then, then talk about like this season. Obviously, or the 2018 season was was pretty intense for you guys with the the Canadian girls coming and uh, and like huge competition through the season. Uh, talk about that uh, that this the last season. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's always. I think we always knew that there'd be new peers sort of coming in every year as it got closer to the Olympics. Um, so obviously, we've seen that one World Cup one, and then we won World Cup 2 and we still hadn't raced each other. Um, so then we got our first, and we knew it would be tough, um, racing together at Lucerne, which was like a really, really close battle. Yeah, that um, was a, that was a think, like, tight race. Yeah, it, was, it was close. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I think we were almost quite excited about it. Like it's quite nice to have this new sort of like combination and just seeing what can happen. And I think like we've, probably when we were younger that would have almost freaked us out but like I think now that we've been through so much along the way we're kind of like oh like this is a new challenge and a new exciting opportunity to see how we can go um yeah and I think when you're when you're racing um like the best in the world or a really fast crew it really does bring out the best in each other which is which is pretty cool I think um well for me anyway I feel like it's not as satisfying to just sort of go through and be like oh like yeah you can afford to like have like a bit of a bad race or whereas like we found racing them last season you really had to be on your game which is really good and really 
good learnings for us and I think that's really formed a good motivation for our training um this summer and like for the campaign coming yeah because then like I mean that the 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 race um last season at world champs was I mean that's a really really crazy race like I think it's one of the best races from world champs I mean coming from the 1k to the finish line there's just like there's nothing really in it and it's like both crews you could just see are like dishing up the the best they have and it's just so close between between the two of you guys but I think also like just like I mean you you and the Canadian pair are miles ahead of the rest of the field and it's crazy to see uh, two boats setting such a, a big precedent in in the women's pair yeah I guess we're very aware that maybe like a few more combinations like we, there was no well America might have a different pair coming up um and yeah I guess we kind of expect it to sort of condense up getting a bit closer to the Olympics but yeah it's very yeah I think it did just show um like yeah that we were really like bringing out the best in each other yeah yeah um which was a really cool thing like I think and like something we hadn't had before um in 2017 as as much so um, to be able to have that experience last year is really, really good for us and, like, looking forward. So have you guys, like, uh, uh, try to change anything specific uh, coming into the, the 2019 season or are you just still just focused on what you're doing, trying to improve it one step at a time? I think we're very much, like, one step at a time. Um, like, we've always got things that we're working on and sort of trying to make better um, but yeah, like I don't think like we've gone away and been like, you need to throw everything out the window and drastically change. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. So yeah, no, I think we're still very one step at a time and it's quite nice. It's just like a renewed sort of motivation to be like, you know, if we want to win, we've got to step up sort of thing. Um, yeah. And that it's going to be like, we need to be on our game and sort of tick all the boxes along the way. I think also just um, like really trusting in the New Zealand program as well. It will... Like, I think, obviously, they're always trying to do what's best for us. And um, so I think just really having trust in our coach and our, like, support team to that, like, that will all come together and help us find seed as well is quite exciting. Yeah, I mean, it's it's actually, I mean, especially, I feel find especially in rowing, it's because, uh, the you know, compared to how much training we're doing, we don't race that much. So, I mean... A big part of I find in Rowan's career is, is having that trust in the process, um, and just getting you know everything done and believing in the system. Because when we when we spoke to Jake Festival from Canada, he highlighted a, a big point that actually in rowing there's very you know it's not like other sports where you you know you've got a, a rugby game every weekend. In rowing, you know the the fixtures are few and far between, and there's the training component of the of the competition is so big. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Like, you definitely don't win the race on the day. Like, it's what you've done earlier. Like, you can't change that much on the day. Um, so, yeah, it's hard. Like, you do have to do a lot of training for the yeah. that which is the right thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, before we, we, we you, you guys give away too many secrets to the Canadians yeah, on, uh, <laughs> on your 2019 uh, season, I think we're going to move on to, to our quick-fire questions. So, these are, like, just a few questions that we... We, we always we ask the the same questions to to all the guests that come on the show, and uh, we always get like uh, really interesting different 
uh, answers from them. So I think some of the questions you're gonna have to answer, you can answer together, but then you can also answer apart. You, they're open to interpretation. Yeah, you can answer it however you want. So, okay. <laughs> so the first one is, and you guys, uh, we've raced a lot of different boat classes, so it will be an interesting answer. Is if you could race any boat class at the Olympic Games, what uh, would it be? Uh, I'd have to say the women's pier. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would have to as well. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Is that just because you you haven't raced it yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't that goal off yet. <laughs> it's quite funny like uh everyone who asked the the question and then like they they give basically the opposite boat class so if they've yeah. been racing in the pair then it's like we want to race the eight uh we want to race the yeah, big boats yeah. and if they race the big boats yeah, they want to race the small like... boats yeah so um the next question i think you guys we're gonna have to answer separately no, you can answer it together oh you, you can answer to choose together. two people oh okay anyway oh yes that's true if you could choose any two people from any time and from anywhere in the world to race in a coxless four with, who would your two crewmates be? Oh, let's pick one. I reckon I'm going to have to add Bondi to our four. Yeah. <laughs> well, then, well, then I'm like, well, then I would add Eric. <laughs> so Hamish and Eric, there's, there's they no... They would not be happy about that though. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that Hamish is free because Eric nearly dropped him from his fall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no, there's no inter, there's no intercontinental selection going on for your four. No, I reckon, I reckon you can't go past Hamish and Eric. Yeah. I reckon, yeah. That's the closest you could get to rowing their pier. So. <laughs> Oh, I like that. That's yeah. really cool. And then you got like two top uh, Kiwi pairs racing together. Yeah, no, that, that's pretty cool. cool. Yeah. So, um, what is your favorite rowing race that you find yourself watching over and over again? It doesn't uh, have to be. It doesn't have to be your race. It can be any race. Yeah. I, this is one of my own races, but probably the 2015 Women's 8 qualification race. Like, I feel like we'd go and, yeah, I would often watch that back and just be like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I probably, Mine would probably almost be the um, 2014 Women's 4. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think I just, in my mind, I'm like, wow, we just really, like, nailed the, <laughs> nailed the race and the conditions, so... Yeah, I often watch that one. Oh, actually, I've, I've changed. <laughs> I think actually one I would always go back and be like, that was incredible, would be um, Joe and Nathan's Olympic final oh, in the yeah. men's double. Oh, yeah, that's, that's really cool. That's an epic race. I think that's it's like, a, if, you, yeah. if you needed some inspiration, to be yeah. like, you never out of the race, like, you can do it. <laughs> they, are, they are brutal in their race. Epic. That is very cool. Uh, for all the listeners, yeah. we'll put the, 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 the links in the show notes below so if you want to just go down and then click and go and watch uh, any of those three races uh, you are welcome to and the the next question is this one is it brings quite the the controversy coming out of this one <laughs> if you were in charge if you were in charge at world rowing what would you change we're in charge oh um i think Oh, we're definitely getting 
to like equality so I reckon that's a good step in the right direction like yeah. I feel like the women's four I'm very happy with that addition um to the program. yeah oh wow. this is a hard one I haven't really thought about it yeah. <laughs> you take your time take your time yeah yeah Um, maybe I'd bring some more regattas to New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, actually. Yeah, because you guys or maybe have... just like more racing in general. Like, oh no, nah. <laughs> I don't know. No, I think that I, I I definitely think they could if it was possible because it's tough on uh, because of the traveling with with rowers. But if it was possible, it would be epic to be able to race more. I think I would definitely. I think that's one thing I would definitely look towards. Yeah, to race more often yeah. and then in more different places as well would be yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, that would be awesome. Because I mean, you guys. I have... think it would be really cool if, like, um, we could have like people could race like our summer because we obviously get to race all year round. Um, it would be cool to to have like a regatta in New Zealand over the summer maybe. <laughs> yeah. but, but don't you find, I, I find because we're from the Southern Hemisphere, it's quite nice because we we spend most of the year in summer because we go overseas in our winters. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. We're, yeah we're very lucky that we can stay on the water all year round. And, but um, also they, you guys are a lot further south than us though. Yeah. Like your winter is <laughs> like, it's really cold. We, we still like, uh, our winter is moderate. not, is, is mild is not moderate yeah. we don't have oh, like really? yeah we don't have like any snow or i mean like really really cold morning will be like z- getting close to zero no yeah oh uh, yeah. yeah it like would probably a, like, be similar to us to be honest but yeah. we, we definitely complain about the like if it goes below five we've really complain like <laughs> complaining about it. Yeah, we usually like we'll move training a little bit later in the day or, or something like yeah. that. Um but it's really nice to be able to to row the whole year round though. But uh but uh, I mean yeah. in saying in saying that some days in summer it is outrageously hot in the water. Especially yeah. if you're rowing into a tailwind. Oh it's it's quite no, ferocious yeah. out there. So you how guys warm, how warm does it get? Uh, I don't know, like 30, 36, 36. Like, that's like getting like oh, outrageous, wow. that's like, no, that's hot. we don't really get that like that often, maybe like a few days a year. But I mean, we, we on, like we get off the water, like maybe around like coppice 10, 10. So some days it can get outrageously hot at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think we sort of really only get to like, ma- probably maximum 30, mm-hmm. unless yeah. it's like. Yeah, for some reason, if it's really hot, but yeah, probably around the high twenties. I mean, I say that it still didn't prepare me for when we went to Florida. Sarasota was the most outrageous heat and humidity I've ever experienced in my life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and apparently Tokyo is going to be worse. <laughs> I'm ready for it now. Yeah, I, and, yeah. Because <laughs> um, Korea, Tokyo is like the same sort of uh, lateral line as Korea, and Korea was hotter than Sarasota. You think so? Oh, yeah. yeah. I do remember that. Korea was the <laughs> hottest place I've been to <laughs> ever. So we, we've digressed way off, yeah, uh, way off, off our questions, question. <laughs> yeah. uh, which is okay. No, <laughs> it's, it's not a problem. So if you guys were in charge of World Row, you would try and change the weather. Oh, <laughs> shit, that was the question. <laughs> now I can't even remember. Yeah. 
<laughs> so uh the next one is the the book of secrets especially for for current athletes so we'll see if uh if you guys are, are keen to answer but the what what is your what are, what are your 2k pbs on the on the erg <laughs> oh i i'll go first because i'm not that great <laughs> so i feel like mine would sound less impressive after series but yeah i'm mine's just 649 yeah i um mine's a 636 but I feel like I I did it quite a while ago. I haven't really been there. Like I'm I'm at the point where I'm like, how long can you claim a PB for? Like when forever, forever. You can claim it forever. (laughs) (laughs) Once it's done, it's done. That's the number. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. It's like. Every time I ask, and then someone's like, oh, wasn't that, it's not that impressive. And then they're like, rattle out a, a pretty impressive no, that, number. I think any uh, anyone listening will, will respect those those two times. I, I think the, the, the best response with regards to that was, I think Pete Reed said that, like, he, he you know, his ergo wasn't, wasn't that great. I pulled a 544. I'm like, oh, my Lord, this guy. <laughs> No. Yeah, I think Olaf as well was like, no, he never tried to pull big ergos. Like, giving like this 10, 10 minute excuse to like his cuck ergo and then he rolls like a 42 40, or so, yeah. Yeah, as well. It's quick. So it's really funny. So the last, the last question is, if you had to choose a different sport to go to the Olympics, what would it be and why? I reckon not that I would be good at this at all, but something quite exciting like like a team sport like basketball. Yeah, I was gonna say I was gonna say hockey because like I remember in Rio watching a lot of the team sports and it yeah like it I think that would be really fun. Yeah, like the games sort of ones. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, most rows go for the 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 team the the more like uh, explosive team sports, eh? Yeah, I don't no, know. We get such cycling. a range. Yeah, we get, we a get big such range, a range. Actually. Like people bring out like off surfing sports and uh, uh, it's really really cool. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah, really cool cool answers. You got uh, basketball, I suppose. You got the height. So <laughs> yeah. you're pretty good there. I would be terrible at basketball, but I feel like it's just such an exciting game. Yeah, like it'd be great to be a part of. <laughs> yeah. I was on for track cycling, but now that rock climbing is uh, going rock climbing, games, is I'm, that your uh, thing? I'm going to go to that. <laughs> oh yeah. Surfing, maybe just surfing. Yeah. Surfing Skateboarding also cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, I think yeah that that brings us to the end of the interview. Thank you very much. Good. Thank you so much. Really nice to talk to you. Yeah, yeah, sweet. Thanks a lot, guys. Cheers. Have a good day. Yeah, enjoy Thank your you. enjoy your Sunday off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Cool. That's a wrap from uh, from us at the Row Show. Kerry and Grace, really, really awesome to have them on the show, and they really shared such quality insights. I really enjoyed that episode. Yeah, what do you think, Jakey? No, I thought that was, uh, you know, I think we enjoyed chatting to them a lot. Gives us a, a good perspective on the women's pair um, and how competitive it is at the moment uh, with them and the, and the Canadian pair. 
But uh, yeah, we again, we really hope you enjoy that. And just to re reiterate, please give us some good feedback. And we've been getting lots lately and it really helps us be better and helps us produce a better, uh, a better product. And also, uh, let us know who you guys want to have on the show. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we just kind of uh, winging it along here and getting people that we, we want to hear. Uh, they're all uh, people that we want to hear their stories. We know they're going to have good stories, but we don't know all the rows in the world. So drop us a message, leave a comment on one of our Instagram posts, and let us know what you who you guys want to listen to. So, yeah. Cool. That's a wrap from us at The Row Show. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week. Yeah. And we'll be back hopefully next week or the week after with yeah. some more quality rowing insights. Of course. And for those of you that uh, celebrate uh, the Easter weekend, have a good weekend. Yeah, but maybe people are listening to this next weekend. And Easter uh, weekend was last week. Oh, well. Enjoy. <laughs>